Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Friday edition, June 17th of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Looks like imminent news as of taping that John Tortorella will in fact sign a four-year deal, according to Kevin Weeks, to be the next head coach, 23rd of the Philadelphia Flyers in their franchise's history. Torts is the man that they get, and here we are. Now, I want to address a couple of things before we get to some Twitter questions. And look, I know that there's people out there like me who have advocated for John Tortorella. I think the first time his name came up on this podcast was the day after Elaine Vigneault got fired. I brought him up as a possible replacement. At the time, obviously, I was talking about in-season replacement. They opted to go with Mike Yo as an interim coach throughout the rest of the season. Which brings me to my next point. Some people say, well, why didn't they hire him five months ago? He could have had a running start. Look, I think it's important for coaches, especially when you're trying to change culture, to not try and do that in season. That's something that's difficult to do in season because you have the schedule, games, practice. It's very hectic when you're trying to bring your way of doing things to a team. You like to do it with a full training camp and a have all of that time to implement your systems and everything that goes along with it. Not to mention that at the time that Elaine Vigneault got fired, obviously things were already sideways for the Flyers, but they were also heavily injured at that time. Would it have mattered is the question I ask. And I don't think it would have, but that's just me. Now, John Tortorella is a guy that I've had my eye on for years to coach in, in this city. For a couple of reasons. One, I think that he fits the city. Two, I think he's entertaining. Now, that shouldn't be a reason why you want him to coach your team. Some people find his demeanor in press conferences over the years to be uh, less than tasteful. I, And the way he treats the media. I've never had a problem with it. Now, you're talking to a guy that has been a member of the media for a really long time. I'm not really technically in the media now. But I was for a very long time. And I've never had a problem with some of those, you know, exchanges that he's had and the way he's conducted himself. Would I like him to say more sometimes? Sure. But I've always been entertained by it. And I've always been a believer in his style of coaching. Back to when I was a kid and played the game. That was a way that I preferred to be coached. Very hard. Very honest. Not every player that has played for him is going to have a great experience, but the overblown nature of players hate playing for him is, I think, way off. That is, people assume that players hate playing from all players. Oh boy, here comes Hurricane Tortorella, and it's going to be a nightmare for the players. Look, players are used to getting pushed. We've talked about this on, on here before. Talked about it the other day with Bill Meltzer. Elite athletes are used to being pushed. Is he going to push them harder maybe than they've ever been pushed? Perhaps. Has John Tortorella evolved as a coach? Absolutely. He has. Is the game passed him by? We'll see. We'll see if the game has passed him by. Ultimately, it comes down to a coach having a couple of things. One, goaltending. And two, depth and talent. I guess that's three. And they need more depth than they need more talent. But also the notion that this team has no talent. And we'll get to that in Twitter questions. Somebody brought that up. 
He has no talent to coach. I say to those people, I go, okay, I guess Sean Couturier is no talent. I guess that there's other Joel Farabee is no talent. There's other players on this team with no talent. I know things have been really bad. And we tend to speak in extremes when things are really bad. And look, the roster needs work. They need more high-end talent. They need a guy that can absolutely blow the top off the opposition and scare the living ass out of them when he's on the ice because he can just take over a game or a shift and put the puck in the back of the net. They do lack that. But the, to the notion that they have no talent to me is just being extreme to be extreme. And look, we're not all going to agree if we think John Tortorella is the right guy. I happen to think that he is. It's not because they hired him and I work for the team. I've been very transparent and on the record about John Tortorella for a long time. Very long time. And I think he is a guy that can reestablish a culture. I think that he is a guy that can get a lot and everything out of what he has. Does he need more? Yes. And that's the job now. They have the coach. Now they need to assemble the coaching staff. They need to improve the roster. So there is a lot of work to be done. It's not done because you hired John Tortorella. Matter of fact, that's just the beginning. And there is a lot of work for Chuck Fletcher, Brent Flair coming up at the draft, and Danny Briere, and the hockey operations staff, and development staff to get done. Now, one of the other things that when I look at John Tortorella, you know, people want to automatically assume any coach that's been around a long time doesn't develop young players and favors veteran players. That's not the case with John Tortorella. You're projecting, if you believe, if you're saying that right now on social media or to your friends, you're projecting a narrative that is not the case with John Tortorella. He has developed young players. Look in Columbus, Seth Jones, Zach Warinsky. Did those guys not get favorable matchups and ice time? Go all the way back, all the way back when he was with Tampa and he got Vinny LeCavalier, 19 years old and Marty St. Louis at I think 23 or 24. Those guys, I'm not saying they wouldn't have developed if John Tortorella wasn't there, but did they develop? There's guys littered all throughout his career. He's not a guy that is going to just bench young players. And again, his system, and I hope to get into this with John when he comes on, is actually a very aggressive offensive system. It's a 2-1-2 spread forecheck that puts a lot of pressure on a defense in the hopes of turning pucks over, creating transition opportunities, and turnover opportunities and quick strike. Now, if the 2-1-2 spread gets beat, you have to get on your horse and get back. And he is a guy that obviously preaches things like back checking and the way you play the game honestly. So let's get to some Twitter questions. I know that this is a polarizing hire. It's one that obviously I advocated for, not that they listened to me, but, and I'm happy about it. And I understand there are some people that aren't happy about it. And when it all, when the rubber meets the road here, the only thing that will matter is results. He's going to have to win some people over with results. Some people are there now, but they can be won over to that. It was the wrong hire if it doesn't work. So ultimately what matters is does it work or does it not work? Hiring the right guy 
you may you may think it's the right guy, but ultimately you don't know if it's the right guy until you have a, a nice sample size to look at and the effect of the team. One of the things we hear a lot about the Flyers, though they don't play a full 60 minutes, no coach gets more than 60 minutes out of his team than John Tortorella. Does that mean that every period they're going to be great? No. But he knows what buttons to push and when to push them. All right, let's uh, get to the questions. Corner Pub Sports tweets, and he says, what do you think the biggest impact Torts will have on this team's future? Uh, I think a couple things. Number one, one of the biggest things, when he went to Vancouver, one of the things that was cited was that he really changed the team's practice habits from the way they practiced from the previous coach. By the way, the previous coach was Aline Vino when Torts went to Vancouver. That's something that is cited. So practice habits, you know, how you practice is how you play. It's a stupid cliche, but it's true. If you practice hard, it's easy to go to, easier to go to a next level in games. If you practice, practice lackadaisical, that's going to transfer into the games. I think he's just going to be more demanding, more accountable for everybody than they've probably ever seen in their career. Um, let's go to Zach Anderson. He says, okay, is Torts the, quote, in-between coach, as in the coach that puts in the culture, but not the coach to take us to the promised land? You know, that's a really impossible question to answer. I will tell you this, that if you hired a coach thinking, okay, I'm hiring this guy to be my in-between coach, you should be fired. You don't hire a coach to be your in-between coach just to change your culture. That happens sometimes in sports, though. You have a coach that builds the culture, whether that's Tony Dungy in Tampa and then John Gruden comes in and they win the Super Bowl. You do see that in sports, but you never hire a guy to come in and be your in-between coach. That just doesn't work that way. Um, Logan G tweeted in and said, any idea what the Flyers' priorities are with their first-round pick? Are there any NHL-ready players that they could go after? This is not one of those drafts, and at five overall where you're probably going to get a guy that's going to be able to jump right into the NHL. That's extremely rare because it not only is the player got to be good and be able to handle the tempo pace and everything of the NHL game and the skills, but he's also got to be able to handle playing with grown men. And, in, you know, in hockey, it's a little bit different because like in football, the guys that are drafted are three years in three, four years into college. They're men already. In hockey, they are kids. And when I tell you that some of these kids that are drafted don't shave, they have never shaved. A razor has never gone to their face. So I, I don't think you look at this. I, I don't think you have any particular area that you go to. You're going, I want to draft a forward. I want to draft a winger. I want to draft a D. You want to draft the best player available because you have needs all over the place. Um, Evan Adkins tweets in, and he tweets me incessantly. Some of his tweets are absolutely asinine, but I'll, I'll entertain this question. He said, what do you think the main reason is that Trotz rejected the Flyers? And my answer is, I don't know. Nobody knows. He hasn't signed anywhere yet. If he ends up coaching somewhere, if it's Winnipeg, maybe he wanted to go home. If it's, uh, you know, if he ends up not coaching and going into management, he obviously didn't want to coach. But he's not the coach here now. Why are, We can't keep worrying about Barry Trotz. I wanted Barry Trotz. He was my number one choice. They don't have him. So it's time to move on. 
Derek Georgopoulos tweets in and says, he says, I personally think it's a decent hiring, Torts. He said, I still believe the Flyers have a solid roster if they stay healthy and have some accountability. Good top six, solid top four. That's obviously provided Ryan Ellis and a, and a great goalie. Let's see what Torts can do with them. He said, at worst, he will lower the GAA, the goals against average. I agree. Um, look, there is some things that Fingers crossed we're hoping for. Obviously, the health of Ryan Ellis. We're hoping Sean Couturier bounces back. There are some of those things. And this notion that they have no talent, I addressed it already earlier in the podcast. I, they do have some talent. Do they have work to do? Absolutely. Are they a cup contender? South of Kevin tweets, and he says, Rain and Blood or Hell Awaits? Well, that's Rain and Blood, first of all. Uh, the third album from Slayer, one of the great metal albums of all time. And he said, then his other serious question is, will Torts help this defense or is the bulk of the issue just down to the personnel? Yeah, he will help. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see the response of some players whose development trajectory, Ivan Proroff, Travis Konechny, how they respond to John Tortorella. That's going to be a really interesting one. Jesse James Larch tweets in and says, whose stock rises the most once they become, quote, a Tortorella guy? And he lists Farabee, Lawton, Cates, and Tippett feel like strong candidates. Is there anyone in-house you think will catch his eye in camp, crack the opening night roster, uh, example, Torinsky a couple years ago? Um, I think Farabee is absolutely a Tortorella kind of player. Lawton, obviously, as well. We'll see about Cates. We'll see about Tippett. Um, as far as anybody to crack the opening roster, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, I haven't gone there mentally just yet, trying to just kind of, take all of this in so uh but there there will be guys that i mean he's gonna love sean couturier what coach wouldn't right uh, so there's certain guys that he will love and i think they have a chance to really love Provorov. look at the way he deployed a guy like seth jones the amount of minutes he played Provorov can play minutes if he has a consistent partner and that consistent partner is ryan ellis I could see him really liking Ivan Provorov. Flyers Jabroni tweeted in and said, do you expect Torts to have any input in the upcoming draft? No, I don't. Torts is not a draft guy. So that's that's going to be to the Brent Flair and his staff and Chuck Fletcher. Um, Chris Seltzer tweets in and says, given the tri contract is four years, do you think that indicates year one retooling with Torts and Chuck determining who buys in and fits? And who to ship out, emphasis on youth and playing the right way, then swinging bigger next offseason, could, that that could be kind of the blueprint, because what you can accomplish this year with not a lot of cap space, that, that could be sort of the blueprint, absolutely. Evan tweets in and says, over, under, on how many games until Torts yells at you? <laughs> um, zero, because it'll probably be before the first game. Probably next week on an episode he'll tell me to stop coaching or something like that um, i'm looking forward to interacting with him we'll see if we have any chemistry or mesh but i'm looking forward to interacting with him look i will tell you this too you know as demanding and hard torts is he's not going to be any more demanding or hard on players than peter laviolette was I wasn't around Elaine Vigneault a tremendous amount because of the pandemic and the restrictions on where we could be and where, you know, where, who, where we could be, like in the locker room and those kind of things. But when Peter Laviolette was the head coach of the Flyers, I will tell you, he was very tough on players. Very tough. And a lot of guys didn't like it. But he, he got a lot out of his players. It's funny because 
a lot of Flyer fans love Peter LaViolette, and a lot of those same fans are panning John Tortorella for being hard on players. I just think that's odd. Joe Mooney tweeted it and said, who will be the first member of the Flyers press corps to be torted? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But I'll be looking out for it. You can, be, you can bet on that, Joe. All right, we're going to save some of these other questions for an upcoming episode. But everybody, thanks for tweeting in. I believe John Tortorello will be addressing the media today. We don't have that firmed up just yet as of taping. Uh, but we'll be looking forward to it. And obviously, we'll have torts on next week. And there'll be a lot coming up here in the future. And we can turn our attention to the draft, which is around the corner, free agency, trade market, and all that as well. Everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you Monday on a brand new Flyers Day. <laughs>